theyeshiva.net. Of course, changes history. 
Take the stick. And listen to these words carefully. Take the stick. Gather everybody you with our Speak to the rock in front of them and let it give its water. Bring them out water from the rock and irrigate the people and their animals, their livestock. Listen to these words. Moshe takes the stick from before God as he commanded him. Right away, any attentive student to Chumisha, when you read Teresh Shabbat you have to be super attentive, not only to every sentence, not only to every word, but even to every letter. Moshe took the stick from before God. What exactly does that mean? As he was commanded. Yeah, we know he was commanded. He just said a moment ago, Hashem told him to take the stick, but we say, Kasher They gathered the Jews to the rock. Listen ye, O rebels. Will we take out water from this rock? He lifts his hand, he strikes the rock twice, and a lot of water comes out. We would think, Gavaldic, they didn't have water. This is a rock, he struck the rock twice. Everyone had water, the flow didn't stop. There was a waterfall that came out of this, of this unique rock based on Hashem's commandments. And all was well when it ends well, right? That would be our perception, I think, of the story. A bomb strikes. Since you didn't believe me, or in me, to sanctify me before the eyes of the children of Israel, you will not bring them into the land I have given them. This is not enough. We now identify. These are called the waters of Meriva, which means the waters of strife, the waters of conflict. Meriva, the waters of quarrel, which, in which the Jews quarreled with God and He was sanctified with them. And that's the end of the whole story. So the whole destiny of Moshe Rabbeinu to lead the Jewish people in there to Israel right here in this moment is shattered. Why? It's completely unclear. What did he do wrong? That's why the Abarbanel brings 11 reasons. The Shari Aaron brings 25 different explanations. You have the most classic is Rashi. Hashem told him to speak to the rock. He struck the rock. You have the Ramban. He got angry and spoke to the Jews very negatively. Rebels, for no reason. The Ramban... We're going to take out water from, you, for the, from the rock. That was the issue. Abarbanel himself says nothing to do with the rock. Moshe didn't go into Eretz Yisrael because he sent the spies. Aaron didn't go into Eretz Yisrael because he made the calf. Out of respect, it became associated with this random story of the rock. It just demonstrates to you the extremes of the interpretation. The Shariana brings 25. If I'm not mistaken, there are many more. There are dozens and maybe hundreds interpretations of this story, according to Pshat, according to Remes, according to Drush, 
according to Said. The works of Kabbalah have a lot on this story. The world of Remez, from the Megala Amukas to similar Swarim, have a huge amount on the story. The Zoyar has a whole perspective on the story. The Arizal has a long mind or a long discourse on the story. In addition, of course, to Pshat, all the explanations of Pshat. You're dealing with dozens and maybe hundreds different perspectives of what happened. It's so cryptic. Well, today, I want to explore together with you one explanation, one insight. It's original, it's innovative, it's novel. I've not seen it in any other place, only in this one source. And this is the interpretation of the Rabbi Chavar Gaon. Rabbeinu Yosef Rosen, whom we have quoted and discussed numerous times in the Yishiyurim. The Rabbi Chavar Gaon passed away in 1936, Tafresh Tzadik Vov. He was the Rav of Dvinsk, today in Poland. The Rav of the Hasidim in Dvinsk, together with the Ersameach, Rabbi Simcha was the Rav of the Ashkenazim. He was born in the city of Rabbi and therefore he's called the Rabbi Chavar Genius. That's why I think time is Esther, 1936. Now I have to tell you, when I saw his interpretation the first time I read it, it struck me simply due to its originality and creativity, even though I have to say, quite strange, quite off the mark. It's not what you're expecting. And the most the hardest thing was to decipher, to, to decipher what he said. Thank God, Baruch Hashem. He wrote this interpretation in two separate sources. One is Tzafnas Panech and Chumash on the parsha, very cryptic. But there's another tshuva in Shal. So tshuva Tzafnas Panech. He was writing to somebody a tshuva, a long answer about something else. And at the end, he writes another paragraph about Naimi Riva. As a result of that, it's easier to get a little clarity into what he's saying. I mentioned to you that his writing was extremely cryptic and difficult, although his speaking was extremely clear. So his writing is very hard to understand. So I'm giving you the sheer, the way I understood the words of the Ragachover. If I have made an error, I apologize to him in advance, and I'm sure some details might be erroneous. And uh, let's get on the journey to see the story from his uh, perspective. In the Ragachover's world, the secret behind the story begins, as always, with a nuance. And not a nuance of an extra pasuk or an extra word, but an extra letter. And the only way you appreciate the extra letter is when you compare it with the next story in Chumash. What's the story right after this? Shortly after, a few seconds later, Aaron Hakoyan's death. Miriam passes away. There's the revolt. There's the story around the water. After her passing, she passed away in Nisan. Because I'll tell us it was the tenth day of Nisan. You'd listen. And the next scene is, Aaron passes away a few months later, of. of course, Moshe would pass away six months later, Zion other, and a month later, the Jews would enter into Yisrael under the leadership of Moshe's pupil, Yahushua, the known Joshua, the son of Nun. Let's see the next story, source number two, Chukas Peret Chav, Pasek Chav Gimel. Hashem speaks to Moshe and Aaron by Hoyrohar, the double mountain at the border of Eden. We're dealing here in today's Jordan on the east side of Eretz Yisrael, what we call the Trans Jordan, today's country of Jordan, Petra area. 
Aaron will be gathered to his people. He will pass on. He will not go into the land because you betrayed my mouth at the waters of strife. Everybody is expected to know what this means. Take Aaron and Elezer to, to the mountain, remove the clothes of priesthood of Aaron, place them on Elezer. The son Aaron will pass away. And Moshe did as Hashem instructed. Before the Ayur, they went up to the Ayur. Tell me now the difference in one detail between this story and the previous story. The Shmechels, the Shmechels, Huh? And here? Very good. In this story, it says, Moshe did Kashetziva Hashem, as Hashem commanded him. As Hashem commanded. As Hashem commanded. In the first story, it says, Moshe took the rap, Vayikach Moshe, Samat Lefne Hashem, Kashetzivahu. Not kashet tziva Hashem, not like Hashem commanded, as He commanded Him. Now we assume the He is Hashem commanded Moshe. Ask the Rogachova, this is how he begins the discussion. Here it says kashet tziva hu, not kashet tziva Hashem. We intimate, it means that before Hashem, as He commanded Him. The next story, kashet tziva Hashem. And from this He deduces that there was already something in the taking of the stick that was problematic. Hashem told him, Kach es hamat, to take the stick. He took the stick as he commanded him. What it means he commanded him is he didn't actually take the stick as Hashem commanded him. That would only be in the next story. He took the stick the way he understood what Hashem commanded him. The way he deciphered, the way he interpreted him, he explained to himself the words that Hashem commanded him. But it actually was not what God actually commanded him. What is the issue? He took the stick home to take the stick. He took the stick. The answer is, Hashem says, Kach es hamata. Take the stick. It doesn't say Kach mata. Take a stick. Take the stick. What's the stick? The stick? What's the stick? Moshe instinctively understands the stick is the stick that lay in Kodesh HaKadoshim. That Aaron once gave after the story of Kodesh that was just read about. Every tribe gave their mat to their staff. Levi gave its mat. All the matas came out the next day untouched. Aaron HaKoyim's staff from Shevet Levi was transformed into an orchard. It was budding, it produced flowers, it produced almonds. It remains in the Holy of Holies, it's the stick. The stick chosen from all the other sticks, the stick of his brother Aaron, that's the stick that Hashem wants him to take. Kaches Hamat. In truth, Hashem wanted a different stick. Not that stick. What's the proof? He doesn't say this. What's the proof that the Rokhachava is right? That Moshe Rabbeinu took the stick of Aaron. What's, what do you think the proof is in the Pesukim here? There's a Gavaldika proof. Anybody? That he's right. What? Very good. This explains beautiful Pasuk tests. Beautifully Pasuk tests. Vayikach Moshe es Hashem. What does this mean from the... We, Hashem is everywhere. Wherever you take something, it's Lifnei Hashem. No. He went in Lifnei Hashem. What do we know? What's Lifnei Hashem? 
Kodesh HaKadosh, and the Holy of Holies there is the unique presence of the Shekhinah. No one is allowed to go in there for that reason. That's where the stick of iron was. Maka iron was near the iron in Kodesh HaKadoshim in the Mishkan. Moshe goes into Kodesh HaKadoshim and he takes the stick with Nei Hashem. Says the Rav that's why it says Kashet Sivo, not Kashet Sivo Hashem. Hashem commanded the words, Haches Amate. He thought he's doing the commandment, but it wasn't Kashet Sivo Hashem. Hashem Sivo was something else. And I saw, even though he goes completely in a different direction, that the Chizkuni, the Chizkuni is one of the earliest commentators in Chumash, even though it's not learned as much as others. Simply, Hakol Tolib Mazel, and the Mikrois Kedilis didn't have the Chizkuni in it, so you had to have a separate Sefer. But the Chizkuni precedes most of the other commentaries of Chumash. He lived in the 1200s, the early 1300s. Reb Chizkiya ben Manoyev passed away in France. So it's Mamish, one of the earliest commentators for the Rishonim. I saw the Chizkuni, that the Chizkuni says this. The Chizkuni says, what's Kaches Hamata? Kaches Hamata means iron stick. Hamata is dust stick, iron stick, and the Kleokar. The Kleokar lives much later. Shleim Ephraim of Lentions, the Kleokar writes, I don't know where the Chizkuni got this. I haven't found a spice for this. And then he says, but I still say he's right. What's his proof? Milifnei Hashem. And he brings some other proofs, although they go with a different mahalach. Now, what was the material of iron stick? Rokhachava says it was from a tree, it was wood. He takes this for granted. I assume the proof is all the sticks, what were they made of? A regular stick. What do you make a stick out of? A stick is usually made from a branch of a tree, it's wood. And, and it once grew, and the Chiddush by iron is it started to grow again. But then I saw that there's a, 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 a Medrash Haggadol. He doesn't bring this, I just was looking for it. Source number three, Medrash Haggadol, Koyrach, Yudzayim. Dabra of Meisol, Bekach, Be'it, Amata. Zesh, Amar, Akosov, the Pesach says in Yechesko. Be'yedu, Kolatze, Asadik, Ani Hashem. All the trees should know I am God. I humbled a tall tree, I raised a humble tree, I dried up a moist tree, I blossomed a dry tree. Says the Medrash, When did I make a dry tree blossom? Clearly, even though that's pshat, the matter was from eights, it was from wood, this is the stick of iron. Source number four. Zok the Mishnah and Shabbos of Kufchov Gimel Amen Beis. Kameshal Zaysen. A cane, a stick, that's used to overturn olives. In Yesh Keshebereishoy. If there's a knot on top of it, as the Gemara explains, there's a plug, it's indented. Mekabal Tumah. It's susceptible to impurity. It's flat, wooden vessel. There are many types of utensils that are susceptible to impurity in Allah. When people hear the word Kabbalah's Tumah, they usually shut down because when they heard it as children, 
It was too overwhelming and complex, and they never thought they'll be able to understand it. The truth is, it's complex, but there's a saying in the Sudr in Tumah. It's a very organized halachas, and if you follow through as an adult, you can understand it very well. I mean, always, of course, relative, but you can understand it very well. So before you shut down, we're going to try to make this detail very clear. The Torah says that food, drinks, people, utensils are makabal tumah. They're susceptible to spiritual impurity. For example, if they're in a tent with a corpse, the same tent, if a corpse, a mace touches it, or another source of tumah, whatever that source of tumah may be, say one of the eight shratzim, a certain dead, a dead weasel, etc., that touches this, keli is makabal tumah. There's a few exceptions. Clay eats a wooden vessel, is mekabal tumah, but there's an exception. Pshute clayates ain't a mekabal tumah, it has to have a clay kibble. A flat piece of wood, right? Like we use, for example, a beam of wood that you'll use for schach on your sukkah. You'll use a skinnier beam, but it's irrelevant. It's not mekabal tumah, it's not susceptible tumah. If it has a clay kibble, what does a clay kibble mean? It's a receptacle, there's a cavity there. You could put something in. You have a wooden cup, you have a wooden bowl, you have, a, you have a, 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 or, or actually, if it's something you could sleep on, or something you could sit on, like a bed or a chair, then it's also a kabbal tumah, what's called tumas midras, but we're not discussing that. We're talking a regular source of tumah, pshute kleates. If it's flat, it's not makabal tumah. Minatayr, it's never makabal tumah. Although there's certain instances when the rabbis did impose tumah, but that's not relevant now. We're speaking minatayr. But if there's a clay kibble, if it's a receptacle, it's makabal tumah. Why? Who said this? Dumya the sack, the Gemara says. The same Pasuk and Shmini compares a sack that gets tummy to a clay H that gets tummy. A sack is something that its whole intention is to carry things in it, right? You have a bag, a sack, in order to have things in it. A clay eighth that can carry things, it can hold things, it's makabal tumma. cane, a stick of wood, is the chrish makabal tumma, because it's pshute clay eighth, there's no clay kibol. And so the gemara, because there's a little indentation in the stick, when you're turning over the olives, a little oil can go into it, and you check, you look at it in order to see the quality of the oil, that's enough to be defined as a clay kibble. A little oil goes into it, and you can check it out, and therefore the clay eights is the kabbal tumah in this situation. Says the Rabbi here, we can see there's a stick, it's wood, if there's a type of indentation, and it's used in that way, it is the kabbal tumah. Next step, and now we need an introduction. We now go to the world of mikvah. Here too, don't shut down, the Ezer Hashem is going to be clear. We use a mikvah. Till today we use a mikvah. What is the mikvah? What's the source of the mikvah? It comes from seven words in Parshat Shmini, Perik, Yeralef, Pasuk, Mam, and Vav, Ach, Mayan, Uboir, Mikveh, Mayan, Yiyatar. However, a wellspring or a pit, a cistern, a pit, that's mikveh mayim, that has a gathering of water, should be pure. What does this mean? Previously in Parashish Mini, the Torah is saying that impure substances, something that's tame, is metame food, it's metame drinks, it's metame people, it's metame vessels, utensils, caleb. 
Is it Metame, a wellspring? Is it Metame, a mikveh? He says, no, he it hard. A mayan remains pure. A mikveh remains pure. I don't care if you take a corpse, you put it into the wellspring, you put it into the mikveh, it does not disqualify, it does not, uh, it does not impure, not disqualify, it does not uh, impurify the water. If it's not a mayan or a mikveh, you have a cup of water, of course the water becomes tummy. Of course the food becomes tummy. And, and food you actually can't put into a mikveh. Other things that become tummy, a person, a vessel, you put into a mikveh. Food you can't put into a mikveh. And unless you're allowed to eat tummy food, you may. You're usually allowed to, unless in certain situations, you can eat it. Water you can actually be metaya through a process called hashok, it's not for now. Anyway, short. This is what the Pasuk is saying. Water in a mikveh and a spring, yeyeh tayr, it remains tayr. Come chazal, in tayrastoyanim, say no, it means something much more. There's a problem here. Mayan and mikvah are two things. Two things deserve a plural language, not a single language. It had to say Mayan or bar mikvah Mayan. What did it have to say in Hebrew grammar? Yi yu Come chazal and say, Yi yetar is referring to a person or a kali. Not only the wellspring and the mikvah remain pure. Yi If I go into the wellspring or I go into the mikvah, yi the human being or the vessel that you put into the mikveh, ye yetar, becomes tar. Some cipher, in his trumas in Yeridea, says something beautiful, and he writes at the end, I saw this once and I can't remember where I saw it. What does some cipher say? He says, the two interpretations are not separate interpretations. They're really, they're really the same thing. Because if a mikveh could become tamay, so if I'm tamay and I go into the mikveh, what happens? Why should the mikvah purify me? I'm the tummy, the mikvah. We see with everything. When something tummy touches something tummy, you don't say the pure makes the other thing pure. The impure makes the pure thing. So if I go into the well and I'm tummy, the well will become tummy. Here you say, not only does the well not become tummy, I become tummy. What's the reason? Some cipher says, since ye are since it remains tarn, it remains completely pure, so it's unaffected by the one that's tummy, therefore it could be metire, the other one rather than the tummy. The truth is, that this says in the commentary of Ralbach in Shmini, Rabbah lived in the 1300s, a few hundred years before the Samsoifer, Rabbi ben Gershon, and that's where it is. I assume that's where the Samsoifer saw it in the Pirish Ralbach, even though he says he doesn't know where he saw it, probably with the Pirish Ralbach, because he says this part clearly. Yiyatahir. So this, and this is the whole source of a mikvah. There's two ways to cleanse something that's coming. One is a mayam, and one is a bar mikvah mayam. These seven words are the source of all Hilchus Mikvah. It's fascinating. And the key issue with Mikvah is, it's just like a Mayim. Chazal tell us, Ma Mayim B'day Shamayim, Af Mikvah B'day Shamayim. What's the quality of a wellspring? It's heavenly. Hashem made it. I didn't make it, you didn't make it. It's not man-made. When the Torah says, Bur Mikvah Mayim, what type of Mikvah Mayim? B'day Shamayim. Meaning, water that comes from heaven, classic would be rainwater. Or water of a wellspring. Was once a wellspring, a wellspring is flowing down a mountain, falls into a pit, that's a mikvah. Or rain, that's a mikvah, it's midday shemai. If, however, I collect the water, I go to a river, I go to a wellspring, and I lift, I collect the water, what we call mayim shuvid, and I pour it into my mikvah, I fill up my pool, I fill up my pit, then, of course, it's not a kosher mikvah under normal circumstances. This is what we call mayim shuvid. This is the din of mikvah. Come Chazal, and it's a Mishnah and a Gemara, and say, I still have a problem. And the problem is the word Yiyah. 
year. I just want to say as a general note, it's not going to get into this year, but I think it's important for people to understand how this works. If I'm not mistaken, Rabbi Shimshon Rafal Hirsch writes this somewhere. And that is, we read Gemara or Mishnayis, and for everything there's like, this shout and the Pasuk, an extra word, an extra letter, and it should have said this and that. And it gets really very confusing for people, because it's not, uh, it's not communicated in a structured and organized fashion, how Torah developed. I just want to give one insight that I think will be helpful. Imagine... Somebody is giving you a shear, and the shear goes for two hours, three hours, four hours. Some people give shear for so long. And, uh, oops, excuse me. <coughs> and you're sitting there, and it's beautiful, you're absorbing every word. You understand it, you retain it, but you want to remember it. So you take short little notes. You can't write word for word. But every subject, you just summarize in one line. You know, five words you summarize. Next up, you five words. You come home. Your wife says, how was it? You say, it was awesome. It was gewalded. Four hours, I was spellbound. She says, do. You say, here are the notes. She takes a look at the notes. Right? For every 20 minutes, you have six words. She says, this doesn't make sense. It seems like it was foolish. It was rubbish. I don't understand what this person is saying. I don't see a message. I don't see a theme. So many things are unclear and ambiguous. You look at it and say, ah, you had to be there. If you were there, and then you would read the notes, you would see in each of the notes how it captures the message. You weren't there. Moshe Rabbeinu communicated to the Jewish people for 40 years through lecturing. He spoke. He spoke. When he finished every shir, he gave them notes to remember. A six-hour lecture of Moshe Rabbeinu, you know how many words he put it into? He put it into one pasuk. When you heard the lecture, you looked at the pasuk, ah, but he was the brilliance. If you're taking notes of your Rebbe's shir, you write it to the best of your ability. The notes of the Torah captured the whole shir in the most perfect, impeccable, flawless way. It couldn't be better, because the way it was written contained allusions and intimations of every nuance and detail that was said by the Shia. When you read the Tzukim and you heard Moshe Shia, you saw everything. You saw the whole, the whole Gemara. You saw it all in the words. Torah Shabbat Peh is not adding Pshetlach, Pshetlach. It's reconstructing the Shir from the text. It's reconstructing the lectures of Moshe Rabbeinu from the text that he gave us, that Hashem gave us through Moshe, in order to understand Torah. And here we have a classic example. Yiyatar means it remains pure. Yiyatar means he becomes pure. But Yiyatar means a third thing. The word Yiyah doesn't belong here. Yiyah means he will be. It could have said, What's Yiyatar? For this the Chazal have a new interpretation. Yiyah which is the word Havaya, Shahakal, Niya, existence, being. Being who Omar Vayehi, Yudke Vavke really is Yahave. He creates, he turns into existence. The Gemara often has an expression. Hoyoi Bahaviyosoi Tehei, it should retain its existence. Ba'amayon, or Burmik Femayim, Yiyatayr means the existence. The Yiyah, the Haviyah, 
the creation of the well or of the mikveh mayim, it has to be created through something that's taught. What does this mean? This brings us to a fascinating law in mikveh that is actually halacha Let's see the law. Mishnah, para, perik, vav, mishnah, dalit. It's clear. You're not confused with the mikveh, yeah? It's clear, good. Mishnah Parah. Now here again, people see Mishnah Parah. Leave me alone. This is not for me. I stay away from Paras. And I stay away from Mishnayas Parah. But that's psychological childhood stuff that you got to cleanse yourself from. <laughs> Mishnah Parah, you can understand. Mikvais, you can understand. Kalim, you can understand. Especially today when they have pictures for everything. We are a visual generation. Zabda Mishnah, listen to this. You need water for the paraduma. You need water mixed with ashes in order to sprinkle a person or a cave that became tummy through contact with a corpse. You sprinkle on the third day, on the seventh day. They go to the mikveh and the person is tahir. In order to have this water, it's not enough to have a mikveh. What do you need? You need what's called mayim chayim, the Pasuk says. The parashas chukas, the beginning of chukas. The nasunallah, mayim chayim. What's mayim chayim? How can water be alive? What does it mean, living water, anybody? What's living water? Water, Living water means organic water. Water that is, it's alive. You look at the water. It's, it's moving around. Why is it moving around? It's not rainwater that was once moving and now it's just laying in a mikvah. It's a living wellspring. It's flowing and it doesn't stop flowing. It's a living wellspring that's called living water. Usually you don't need mayim chayim for a mikvah. A woman goes to a mikvah in the middle of the month, you don't need mayim chayim. You need a mikvah. He most tumas you don't need mayim chayim. There's a few. Azov needs mayim chayim. Paraduma needs mayim chayim. Here's the issue. There's a mountain. This is the mission. There's a mountain. And the mountain has a well. On top of the mountain, on the slope of the mountain. And it's flowing. The problem is, you're going to put a keli on the bottom. Right? It's not going to go into the keli. Simply, it's not in that angle. There's no way to position the keli in a way that the water is going to be able to get into the keli. So what do you do? You have to make a channel to divert the water at some point from the mountain. It should be channeled into your vessel to be able to have paraduma. This is the question. I take my hand or my leg and I stretch it out as a channel. The water is coming down. Look at me. It's going to come on my hand. Instead of going straight down, it'll hit my hand. It'll go through my hand and then it'll go into a chavis. It'll go into a vessel. Or I use my leg. Or I use any channel. I use vegetable leaves. So that the water should pass into a barrel. The water is not good. What did I do? If I use leaves of reeds or of walnuts, walnuts, why is that? Well, if you're using something that's susceptible to tuma as a channel for the well water, it's kosher. If not, it's not kosher. What does this mean and why? So the Gemara explains this. How does the Mishnah know this? And this is always the classic question. No one invents halacha. This doesn't work. Where do they get this from? Did Moshe say this in the Shia? So here's it in the text. Show it to me in the text. Omar Rabbi Yaichin, Rabbi Yaisi Barabba, Omar Krada Pasik says, 
What's The way to create a mikveh is only through something that's completely pure. My arm or leg, can it become tame? Of course, even if it's not tame, it could become tame. If the water passes through that, and that's the way it got into the barrel, so the havia, the creation of this barrel with water, is what? Through something that's makabal tuma? It's not good. That's why if I use leaves of vegetables, they're edible. Anything that's edible is makabal tuma. If you use leaves of reeds or walnuts, it's not edible. If it's not edible, it's not makabal tuma. Only foods that are edible are susceptible to tuma once they're detached from their roots. If they're still on the tree, they're never makabal tuma. Once they're gone, and there's a hechsher that comes wet, after that it's makabal tuma. That's the explanation of this mission. Says the Bartanura. Rabbeinu Evadim Evartanura on the Mishnah in Torah Perek Vav Mishnah Dalit, he explains, Nosan Yadayirangle, let's read what he says. A flow is coming down from a slanted mountain. If it would be a straight mountain, so then you put the barrel on the bottom and you get the water. But it's slanted, it's crooked. It's crooked. Mokam is crooked. There's no way, it's not coming straight into the barrel. Which you want to fill up. This doesn't mean to make Kiddush. You want to fill it up to sanctify the water with the ashes of the Paragun. So you place your hand above at the top of the mount to create a channel. In order to get the water through your hand, you're going to divert the water into the jug. Or you use vegetable leaves, which are edible and susceptible to teaches that the creation of a source of water that purifies has to be through tahar, through something that is essentially tahar. My arm or leg are disqualified. This pasuk says by mikveh, We learn out all creations of sources of water that cleanse has to be through tahir. This is how you have to understand the pasuk. Any water that's going to be served as a source of purity, serve that will serve as a source of purity. It has to be created, it has to come into being through something that's tired. Whether you're creating it to be a mikveh, a regular mikveh, rainwater, or a wellspring, or filling up a barrel for the paradoma ashes, only through something that's not mikabotoma. This is a mission in Torah, a source for Shemini. So this Fosif Yiyatayr teaches us, number one, water, mikra remains pure. Number two, it purifies people or vessels. Number three, it has to be created through something that's tired. There's another Mishnah in the Sechta Mikvayis, which really presents the same halacha concerning a regular mikvah, and a fascinating halacha that's actually very practical till today when we don't have a paraduma. Mikvayis, Perik, Hey, Mishnah, Hey, this is source number nine. Text. The halacha is, there is a difference between a wellspring and a mikveh of rainwater, or of a wellspring that's not anymore alive. And that is, you know one of the big differences is? A mayam is metahir b'zoychalim. 
a wellspring flows, it's alive, and that's fine. A mikveh has to be ba'ashboyun, it has to be gathered in one place. If you have a regular mikveh that we use with rainwater, and we, uh, we do the process called hashaka, which is another way of connecting, you connect the top water to the rainwater, they kiss each other and it purifies the rainwater, and if that mikveh is not ba'ashboyun, it's not gathered in one place, it's zoichal, and it's flowing, so it's not kosher as a mikveh. This is also learned out from the Pasik, the Ach, the Mayan, the Mikveh Mayan, but that's beyond our discussion today. Here's the problem. Noitvin is reference to a mikveh, the water that drips down and comes into the pit. Zoichalin is a wellspring. Noitvin, Shasan Zoichalin. What happens is, let's say the top, the rim, the edge of the mikveh breaks and the water starts flowing. There's nothing to hold the water in one place, so the water is now flowing. And the person goes into the mikveh. Zak the Mishnah Saimach, Afilu Makal, Afilu Kon, Afilu Zav, Zav, Yerid, Betoyel, the Rabbi Yehuda. I don't care what you put there. Put your foot, put your hand, put a stick to stop the flow. Artificially stop the flow, stop the water from going out. Keep the water in one place for two minutes. Let the person, let the woman go down and come go away. There's no way that you can hold up the flow of mikveh from something that's makabel tuma. You put your foot there. That's what's making the mikveh because that's what's making the mikveh kosher. It's obstructing the zoichel, it's obstructing the flow, it's, it's not a good mikveh. You have to put something that's not mekabal tumah. By the way, Rabbeinu Shimshin, Rabbeinu Shimshin Rishams in his commentary on Mishnayis, says, even Rabbi Yehuda would agree with this in principle, and Parah, nobody argues. Even Rabbi Yehuda would agree that create a mikveh, you need something that's kosher. Here Rabbi Yehuda argues, you're not creating a mikveh through you, like you have a mikveh. It's a kosher mikveh. There's a problem. The problem is, it's flowing. Your leg is being used simply to stop the flow. Rabbi Yehuda here argues. That Allah is still like Rabbi Yossi. That Allah is still like Rabbi Yossi. You can't use something the Kabbal Tumah to make your mikveh or even to fix your mikveh or to make or to avoid problems in your mikveh. Shalos Tshubas Derechad of Shalos Tshubas Chasam Soifer Moshe Soifer has a Tshuva Geredaya in the laws of mikveh Simenech Dalit. Somebody criticizes Apsak of the Neu Debi Huda. The Neu Debi Huda was a Rav of Prague, Rabbi Cheska Landau in this 18th century. It's from the Goyne Hador. The Neu Debi Huda has in Shal Sutsubas Neu Debi Huda, Tinyana, there's a question over there. Somebody had a mikveh. The mikveh on the bottom had wood. It was a wooden floor, fine. And it's a good mikveh. The problem is ultimately they realized that the water is going to leak out or it's going to erode the wood and it's going to become less than 40 saw. So a person went and what did he do? He banged in a bunch of nails. He banged in a bunch of a bunch of metal nails to hold the wood together, to make it tight, to make it very uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, huh? Well, I guess waterproof, or that the water shouldn't leave, so it should be a kosher mikveh. So somebody came to the neighbor and said, "This is a possible mikveh. Why is it a possible mikveh? Are nails, metal nails, the kabbal toma? Yeah, clay matches even pshutim on a kabbal toma." Clay aids, if it's wooden vessels, it has to have a receptacle. It has to have a cavity. If it's matchis, if it's metal, it could be a flat tablet. It has no receptacle whatsoever. A nail. It's makabotoma. All clay matchis, all types of metals. All metals are makabotoma. So he says, what's holding the water in the mikveh? Nails. Nails are makabotoma. This destroys your mikveh. They know to be the paskin that it's kosher. When you're a rub, you have to deal with these things, right? You didn't think of it. There's a nail. 
And Hafi Yosei, I take Tumah. It's not Tumah, it's Mekabal Tumah. It's Mekabal Tumah. It's like your armor to it. The night of Yehuda Kashra, the Mikvah, somebody criticizes it to the Chab Seifer from a steer of our Ashitas of Tam and Sukkah. If you with Pirus Alas Hasodin, if you put a blanket on the schach, you prove from a toitzvah that Neidah Yehuda was wrong. The Samsoifer goes and proves that the person made a big mistake in the comparison to Neidah Yehuda is right. And the reason Neidah Yehuda is right is the Samsoifer says this is not called creating the mikvah. It's not even called avoiding that the mikvah shouldn't flow. What it's doing is that in the future, the water shouldn't leak and become less than Memsoy. He says that's not called creating the mikveh through something that's makabal tumah, making the mikveh kosher today through something that's makabal tumah, and therefore both the Neidah Behuda and then the Samsoifer and the next generation validated the Pesach. I just wanted to give you a contemporary example of this discussion in Mishnayis Torah and Mishnayis Mikvayis. How in the world did we get into this from discussing the stick of iron that Moshe Rabbeinu took in order to give the Jewish people water? Comes the Ragachover and goes to the next step. He says, I have a question for you. The Jews needed a mikveh in the desert. They didn't need a mikveh in the desert. Of course. The Jew needs a mikveh. First of all, you have Kneim. You have people that became common. Never mind Kayan and any Jew. All types of Kneim. Besides that, every single month. For family life, right? Under normal circumstances, the woman needs a mikveh. And then there's all the other tumors that exist. Amitzayra. Miriam was also Amitzayra. You have a Zav, you have Zava, in addition to Nika. All the sources. You have, of course, Tumas Mace. That's a major Tumah. There were no hospitals in the Midbar. Although, actually, over there, the people died differently. The Gemara says in Tainus, they went into uh, to the, to the, to their grave. So, let's, I take that back. But whatever the Tumas, did you need a mikvah in the desert? Of course. What did they use for a mikvah in the desert? What did they use? And the Rakhachava Kedarka says, Look in Taisus Pchayr's Dafnun Vav. I look up Taisus Pchayr's Dafnun Vav. What does he prove from there? That his question is a valid question. Taisus asks there, the Gemara says, that there's an opinion that all rivers you cannot use for Mayim Chayim, even though rivers usually have springs that the water comes from. Why? Because it's mostly rainwater. And rainwater is not Mayim Chayim. And if the majority of the river is made from rainwater, it swells from rainwater besides Nahar Pras, besides the Euphrates River in the month of Tishrei. It's a whole sugi and Gemara. It's not for now. So Taisus asks a question. If so, how did they make the ashes for the Paradum in the desert? He says in the desert they were not near the Euphrates River. The Euphrates River is where? You know where the Euphrates River is. It's in Iraq. It's pretty far from the Sinai Desert. By airplane, it's not that far, but we assume that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't send people on the clouds to go get water from the Euphrates River for the ashes of the Paradoma. You need Mayim Chaim, Taisha says, you have Amit needs Mayim Chaim, Azov needs Mayim Chaim, some people say Azov needs Mayim Chaim, that's a debate among the Rishonim, it's not clear. Where did they get it? Where did they get it? So the Rakhachama says, you see, there's an issue about mikvah in the desert, they needed a mikvah. So I'm asking you, how did they have a mikvah? Okay, so if they were traveling in places where there's a river, so at least according to many opinions, a river can be used, certainly if you don't need Mayim Chayim, rainwater, or a sea. Then there's a big question if you need Mayim Chayim, if you could use it or not use it. There's of course a big question, can you use a river because it's Zoychal and it flows, right? And if it's flowing, how can you use it? I mean, these are big questions. There are Man, Shulchan Aruch, and Yeridea, Simen, Reish, Aleph, Hilchus, Mekvayas discusses this at length. Can a woman today use a sea? Can a woman use a river? 
which has flowing water, if the majority is rainwater, then it's a mikveh, it can't be zoichalit. However, if most rivers come from well springs, well springs could be zoichalit. And there's a big machlekas about it, although he says the minig is to be lenient, certainly b'sha'as ha'chak when there's nothing else. That's a whole very rich and fascinating discussion about the status of those mikvehs. But what did they do in the midbar? They needed a mikveh. Oh, so they had what? Be'er Shomir. What's Be'er Shomir? Be'er Shomir was a rock. You can't go to the mikveh in a rock. But the pshat is, of course, Be'er Shomir produced water. It flowed with water. Everyone had water. And they didn't all have to fight over the rock. Have four million people fighting over a rock, you understand what the matzah would be. There would be a revolt, not every Monday and Thursday, there would be a revolt every hour on the hour. You see, they complained a few times about water, not endlessly. Because the rock was a source, but from there the water flowed and it can go into channels, and it can go into cisterns, and it can go into barrels, and it can go into pits, and it can go into uh, bathtubs, or whatever the situation there was, was in the Midbar, I assume it was not that grand in this particular, this particular area. They had other amenities, but not the water system that we have today in the 21st century. Comes the Chagra and says, now let's think about this. A river they didn't have here. They didn't have any water. There's absolutely no water. So they come to Moshe Rabbeinu and they ask for water. Moshe gives them water from the rock. So what becomes their source for water? The rock. What becomes their source for mikvah? The rock. The rock becomes their source for mikvah. I assume what he means. The water is flowing from the rock. They fill it into a pit. That pit is confined, it's closed off. It's used as a mikvah for wherever it needs a mikvah. Toysus asks a question, how do they have mayim chai? And Toysus struggles with this. It's not partial, how do they have mayim chai? Why doesn't Toysus answer, Be'erish Miriam? The answer is what? What's the answer? It's a rock. The water came from the well. But once you fill it up in a pit, it's not a living well anymore. A living well means, if it went to that resource mikvah, Right? That Rizal's mikveh, it's a flowing well. You see, the water is coming out of under the earth. Elamaya built the mikveh there. I have a friend, he's a Chabad uh, rabbi of Tenafly, New Jersey. His name is Rabbi Mordechai Shein. So I once went there for a Shabbos, and I went to the mikveh Shabbos morning. I said, it's not the mikveh. Besides the cleanliness, it had a different feel. So I asked him, what's Manashtana? What makes your mikveh different than any other mikveh I went to? So he said, when he was digging for a mikveh, Mamish, they were digging, they came across a living, vibrant, pulsating, strong well. Of the wellspring that was underground and was flowing with water. So he built this cavity around that well. So he says, you're in, you're in Mamish Amayim Chaim, and then now he warms it up also. But it's Mamish, there's no Ashokah, there's no Zriya, the water itself is Mayim Chaim. I went last year, I traveled to Mezhebush, in the Ukraine. So, uh, there's a story that the Teltus Yaakov Yosef, was a student of the Balshemtiv, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polna, writes, Thomas Yaakov Yosef was from the great Rabbonim of his time. He was a Gon Oilam in Nigla. And he is actually wrote the first Sefer of Chassidus that was published, Thomas Yaakov Yosef on Chumash. Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polna. So he writes on Maisa, the Balshemtiv had a custom, he used to take many walks with himself or usually with a student or many students. If you've ever been to Mezhebuz, around Mezhebuz, Mezhebuz is a little town, I don't even think there's one Jew left in Mezhebush. There's visitors, but I don't think there's a Jewish resident. And around Mezhebush, there's a lot of forests. The Moshemtiv would take walks. Generally, as a child, he already loved forests. He loved his baidudus. He loved being himself with nature, with Hashem. 
And once the Balshamtiv was taking a walk with the Tobas Yaakov Yosef, and they got involved in conversation or tefillah or avoida, whatever it was, and the Balshamtiv suddenly realizes that it's soon going to be sunset, and he did it out of Mimchiyat. To go back to the city, to go back to the Vesmedrish, he would miss this man of Mincha. So they had to have a Mincha right there, which is fine, you could have a Mincha right there. But the Vashemtav tells the Toldus, let's find water to wash our hands before Davenik. So they search for water. A Mayan there's absolutely no water. They look here, they look there, to go back to a source of water. Usually you have an Alacha, Arbaal Mill, Mill in front of you, and back of you, you go for water. But here the problem was time. You're going to go search for water, you're going to miss Mincha. The Balshamtiv was very distraught. The Talmud Yaakov Yosef said, the Balshamtiv turned to Hashem, and he said, You know the truth. If I can't wash my hands before davening Mincha, then I feel that my life is worthless. My life here in this world is worthless. The Talmud Yaakov Yosef said that he saw a few moments later, three steps from the Balshamtiv, he sees a flow of water. He tells the Balshamtiv, the Balshamtiv, and that was Mincha. This story he records. When I went to Mezhebush, outside of the city, we were traveling there, and there's a well in one of the fields, and I see the Gentiles are coming there. They're coming there to take water. It's a little well that flows in one of the fields. So I asked uh, Rabbi Gabai. Gabai is the one who he's in charge of all the quantum over there. So he tells me that it's Makubal, that this is the well that was it's, it's outside of Mezhebush in the forest. This is the well that was created then when the Balshamtiv said this. And uh, and for for hundreds of years the Gentiles who live here, whenever somebody is sick, they bring him here to go into the well to drink water from the well, and they call it. I wrote down the name. They have a name for this well in the Ukraine. They say they call it. Rabbi Nova Krivitsa, the well of the Rebbe, the wellspring of the Rebbe, the Balshemtiv's well. And when I was there, he finished putting up a mikveh, a building. He took that well and he diverted part of it into a mikveh, and he just finished building the, building the well. So I went in, I went in, I went into the mikveh. I have to tell you, if you ever went to the Arizal's mikveh in Smas, people think it's cold. The Arizal's mikveh is hot. <laughs> It's hot, mamish, boiling hot, it was so cold that I felt it from there for an extra second. I pushed, you know, my, my body was like, shot. I'm there, how, how freezing it was. It was also winter, that didn't help. It was Tavis time. <laughs> I went and I jumped out, and, uh, and that was the mikveh. <laughs> that was the mikveh. And it's a fascinating mikveh. He told me they checked out the mikveh, the properties of that, of the well. I mean, a fascinating well. The properties of the well is they thought it's a very weak well. And then they searched that the flow is mamish very, very powerful. Tobus Yaakov Yosef said that people praised the Baal to be made miracles. Everyone knows that all of his miracles are Shalai Lefiyarech, there's Yirah Shamayim. The Baal Shemtiv's Yirah Shamayim, his Dveikas with Hashem, is that was the Baal That's what the greatest miracle was. That Ayid has this feeling that if he can't daven a mincha the way it says in Shulchan Aruch, so his life is purposeless, he says that was the, that was the Baal Shemtiv. Okay. So, uh, Back, back to our desert, we have a different type of story, maybe not such a different type of story. Hashem tells Moshe to create a well from the rock, a Mahat Now, here's the punchline. 
What does Moshe use to get the water out of the rock? Which stick? The stick of iron. A wooden stick. What's the issue? It's Mechabal Tumah. If it's Mechabal Tumah, If a mikveh is kosher and full, it's just the top of the wall broke off and it's flowing. And you stop it with your hand. You didn't make the mikvah with your hand. You stop the water. Come up your see it's the top of kosher mikvah. You have wellspring water that's flowing from the mountain. You're not making the water, it's flowing. You're just diverting the water into the vessel, into the drop. Comes the Mishnah bar and says, what? It's possible. Because you got the water through your arm and leg of the Kabbalah. Ask the Kachovah. You use the stick to get the water. The water now comes out from the stick. You now fill it up in a mikveh. Is it a kosher mikveh? Not a kosher mikveh. Not a kosher mikveh. It's the Kabbalah. It doesn't have to be Tome. It's the Kabbalah. Your arm is not Tome. Clay kibble. Clay kibble. Stick. Produced. Well, we'll use a flat piece of That's what he's saying. Kachas hamata. Kachas hamata. What's hamata? So what happens? Says Rokachover, there was no mikveh for women to use. That time, there was no mikveh for women to use, whatever the time period was. Because it was Makabal Now, so what happens? So there's no Mikvah. So he says, take a look at another Gemara. Zabdi Gemara, source number 10, Yud. Shabbos, Dav Kufnun, Beis, Amin Aleph. Amalei Rebbe, Rebbe Shimon Ben Chalafta. Rebbe tells Rebbe Shimon Ben Chalafta, Rebbe Yudanas. Why don't you come see me during Yom Tev, Pesach Shulah like your parents, like your fathers came to see my fathers. Rabbi Yudah Anasi came from the dynasty of the Jewish Nesim, the Jewish leaders. It's a mitzvah to go visit your Rebbe on Yom Tev. Rebbe says, why don't you come visit me on Yom Tev like your father used to come to my father? He says it in a humble way. He says, why didn't we come to see you on Yom Tov? He means, why didn't you come to see me on Yom Tov? Oh, my Allah, listen to the expression. I'm sure Mechalach tells Rebbe. Today we would say, oh, yeah, 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 version out. But let's hear how Rebbe Mechalach said it. He says, listen, The rocks became tall. Close locations became distant. Two legs were turned into three. I have a cane. Mason Shalom Babaya's bottle, and that which used to create peace in the home doesn't exist anymore. Basically, I had to climb over rocks. I'm an old man. There was what was once small rocks, and now tall mountains. I can't get over it. The next thing is close distances are far. I could walk up all five miles, ten miles without blinking. Today, I have to stop every five minutes. The next problem is I used to have two legs, now I have three legs, and they all take off kapotas. Two legs with a cane. And then the last thing is, I don't have any more shalom bias like I used to have, so I can't leave the house. 
I can't leave the house. Say the Mepharshim, the Yaivits and others, leaving the house is traumatic for a woman. Men today don't realize this. The Gemara says in Yavad Nesamach Beis, Chayav Adam Lifkoy Desishter B'Shashay Yotzila Derek. Before a person leaves the house, he has to be together with his wife, his husband and wife. Elishech Shekoseh, the great craving of a woman to her husband is when he's away from the house. That's why your wife texts you, when are you coming home? I can't just leave the house on Yom Tif to go to you. I can't. If I would have had good Shalom bias, you have good Shalom bias. You tell your wife, I want to go visit the Buda Anasi, I want to go Steig for a few days, Chalamayit. No problem. I'll tell my father to take one of the Chalamayit trips to Six Flags. But I don't have any more of the same Shalom bias. So Bemela, I can't leave anyway. I have to spend time with my wife. Says Rashi, what's Pshat? So Rashi, Mason, Shalom Babayis, Aver Tashmash. That which I used to have in order to have Shalom bias, I don't have anymore because of my age. There's no physical relationship anymore. Comes to Rabbi Chavra and says, that's Meimiriva. Meimiriva are the waters that created a lack of Shalom bias because there was no mikveh for that period. Because there was no mikveh for that time, so the woman could not go to the mikveh, it compromised the relationship and the atmosphere and the peace and the harmony and the love and the affection in the home, that's Meimir Riva, the waters that caused strife in Jewish homes between couples, Mason, Shalom, Babais, Bottle. How long the period was, it's unclear from Chumash. But as long as they had that stick to use as the source of the mikvah, it compromises Yitar, and this is the issue of Meimir Riva. I was thinking to myself, perhaps, this is how we would explain what Hashem tells Moshe. Yan lo As a result of this, you haven't sanctified me among the eyes of the Jewish people. What in the world is the connection Take a look, perhaps, source 12, Soite daf yitzayin amar alav doresh rabbi akiva, ish v'ish if a man and a woman are married, and Rashi says, what does it mean, Zachu? They're loyal to each other. You have the Shechina. Why do you have the Shechina? You have a husband and a wife. Why do you have the Shechina? Zach Rashi, Shechina b'neim, sh'arei cholak eshmoi, v'shichnoi b'neim, yud b'ish, v'hei b'isha. Hashem split up his name. You're missing Shem Hashem. He has the Yud, she has the Hey. The only way you can get Hashem's name back is if you bring them together, you have the Yud and the Hey. If you don't bring them together, you split up the Yud from the Hey. Comes the Maharal. And the Maharal says the next source, And this Maharal is really a great TV. Marriage and intimacy is not natural. Men and women are opposites. People are different. Everyone has, I'm imposing my words on the Maharal, everyone has Mishagasin, everyone has idiosyncrasies. You have friction, good morning America. The Maharal also knew about it. You have issues, Sholem bias. We know it's not natural. The Rebbein Shaloylam creates the zivu. Lachkach beish beisha yashem yudke hayud beish vahe beisha lufishu yisbarich mechaberoisa. 
If not, you have Eish and Eish, fire, fire. You want an Eish and an Eish, a husband and a wife. You need a relationship with God. I think what the Maran was saying in very practical English means, if the husband and the wife don't have something that they both respect, that transcends their individual ego and identity, friction will be very likely and very natural. A relationship with Hashem doesn't mean a verbal relationship with Hashem. You call yourself religious. You can be very religious and have horrible shalom bias. A relationship with Hashem means a real relationship. A real relationship means that you recognize the value of another person. You create space for another person. You realize that you may be not in my image, but you're still in Hashem's image. And when both of them have a respect for something transcendent, a respect for the sacred institution of marriage that goes beyond my individual ego or needs or insecurities, this is the success of a marriage. When there's no mikveh, and they're not husband and wife, zachu, so the yud and the hay don't come together, as he brings from the Gemara, Mason Sholom Babayis, is bottle. According to this Rukachavar, we have an astounding interpretation of the story. The whole reason why Moshe Rabbeinu does not go into Eretz Yisrael is because he compromised Kivayochum on what? On Shalom Bayis. On peace and harmony in Jewish homes. Sometimes you come to a person and you say, you have to work on your Shalom Bayis. You need to create a home that's respectful, that's loving, that's peaceful. And I have more important things to do. There's a lot greater priorities in life. I can't stay home. I have this fear. I have this schedule. I have this deadline. I have this damits. I have this chas. I have this kabbalah. I have this reception. I have this dinner. And if I don't come to it, the person won't speak to me for 25 years. But what do we see from here? The whole destiny and promise to go into Yisrael was compromised and shattered. Why? Because as we'll soon see inadvertently, Shalom Bayis was affected by the lack of the ability for the husband and the wife to live together as a couple in a home. Mason Shalom Bayis bottle. Somebody once asked his Rebbe, if Shalom Bayis is so important, why is there no tefillah for it in Shmanasra? Why do you not finish Shmanasra? He says, you do every day. Benafshi ka'afar la that's a thriller for Shalom Bayez. Get his up. My soul should be humble. Know when to react, know when not to react. Learn how to listen to criticism. You won't know. So now in summation, Hashem says, What does he take? He takes Aaron's stick. Who is with him? Aaron is with him. He goes into Kodesh HaKadosh, takes out the stick. It has to be struck. Hashem says, take the stick. Not to speak to it, also to strike it. That's how the Rakhachava learns, probably. As a result of that, the water never becomes a mikveh because it's a dover on the Kabbal Tumah. And as a result of that, we call it Meimir River, the waters of strife. Let's see now the words of the Rakhachava inside. It's only a few lines, Kedarkoi. Let's read it inside. But, let's understand where the mistake was. Okay, let's, look, let's read it inside and I'll become clear. Source the other turn, turn the other side. Shilas Tezayin sixty. Shilas of Shuvas Tafmas Paneach New York Synagogue Yetes Paisayin. I'm going to read this fast. Obedelech Drush Yeshlovai Gedemim Riva. We can explain one of the explanations in the definition of Mimi Riva. 
It says Kashar Tzivo, it doesn't say like Hashem commanded it. Ach, this is it. The Be'emnes Moshe Rabbeinu Pirish on the Gorsh and Emre Loida, Kavona, Matin, Aaron, the Holy Shalates. Moshe understood the prophecy that it's the stick of iron which is made from wood. The Imkain Rebbe Yosi, the Sri Levi Mekoyas, Peter Kain, Mishnah, that he gave over on the Kabbal Tumma, and he still called Amayan. Rebbe Yosi, who holds in the Kvoyas, that if you use something that's the Kabbal Tumma, the whole Nikvah, the whole Wellspring becomes possible, as we explained. But I'm Shabbos, that's not the Kabbal Tumma, Gimel, on the Bay, the Kalam, the Kalamakalim, the Zen. The Shabbos, that's not the Gimel, is about the stick that has a clay kibble on the top. I did not understand the reference to Shabbos, that's not the and it could be, it has episode Paymak over there with explaining. It's about clay, it's probably about the issue of clay kibble. Kuvchav Gimel speaks about a cane that has a kesher on the top, and therefore it's Makabal Tumah. And apparently he learns that that's the proof that Matash Alarm was Makabal Tumah. They don't have a place to go to the Mikvah. Go to Taisus Prayers where he struggles how the Jews had Mayim Chaim in the desert. The Ein Shab is Dav Kufnun Beis Amin Aleph, the Shalom Babayim's bottle. You have to figure this all out. In Shabbos it says that without a relationship, there's missing Shalomayim. There's that Miriva That's Miriva. The fights among Jews, among husbands and wives. What do you mean the fights? There was a lack of peace. Well, the Kachnenash. And therefore he was punished. What's the problem? Listen to this. The Be'emes Hoya Kavonel Yoinal Matishalmoisha. Kachesamatimen, take your stick. The Havishal Sampirim. Moishe's stick was made out of what? Sapphire. The Hu'eben. It's a rock. The Enim Akabal Take a look in source 15, the top of the page, the same side. Rambam, Hilchus, Kalim, Perik, Halav, Alachazai. Clay, Glowen, Clay, Adoma, Clay, Avonim, Tohirin, Lo'olam, Be'im, Akabal, Tumim, Minatumas, Lo'itumas, Metris, Limited, Vitoyer, Limited, Vitoyfim, Be'im, Shutayim, Be'im, Akablayim. If you have vessels made out of stone, rock. You have vessels made out of dung. You have vessels made out of earth. You take earth, you make a vessel out of it. You don't bake it in the oven or in the sun. That's called clay cheres. You just take earth and you make a keli. It's very cheap, and therefore it's not makabel tuma ever. Not poshit, not clay cable, never. Moshe's stick is not susceptible to tuma. If Moshe's stick would make the water, it would make the mikveh. It would be higher time. Well, the kach nokat sivo. That's why it says he took the stick. Not kasher tziva Hashem. Kasher tziva who? The way he was commanded in his own mind. He explained the command. Kashetziva Hashem would mean that's actually what Hashem said. It's not what Hashem said. The way he explained what Hashem said. Kashetziva who? The way he commanded him. Not Kashetziva Hashem. Now is a simple question. God, next time just say it clearly. Say, what do you want? So he says something very deep. It's a very deep, deep idea. I'm not sure. I, let's see what he says. Well, the kach memaleboloshim zeh. The reason he says it in this term is the nevuas Moshe who amitzis va'etzah. Moshe's prophecy is unlike any other prophecy. There's no interpretations in his prophecy. The pasuk says in Baalois, the Ramam says in Hilchus, he said the Atariah Perik Zayin. Moshe has a perspective of kivayachol. Hashem's energy, Hashem's presence in its pure, undiluted form. The etzah, the metzies. It's not in riddles, it's not in metaphors, it's not in dreams, it's not in visions, it's not in parables, it's not in illustrations. It's the etzah, it's the core reality. 
So therefore, his Nabuwa he experienced the way it is in its source. The source was Kaches Hamata. There's by Moshe, there's no diluting the prophecy in any way. This is what he hears. The interpretation is what? The Mata of Aaron, really it's the Mata of Moshe. The mikveh becomes Tomei. There's no mikveh actually, he attired, and therefore it is made Miriam. This is the Shalos of Shulis. In his commentary on Chumash, which is much more cryptic, he adds two lines, which gives another twist to this. Let's see Source Yudzayim. Let's see Source Yudzayim. By the way, what's the sword that Moshe's stick was made out of? Out of stone. Aaron's stick, it says it was eight, as we learned before. So I, I found in Yudalit, source for the Mechilta Vishalach, Amru Amata Hazesh al Moshe's stick is made of sapphire, it's not Makalot. Take a look, Yudzayim, Kachas Hamat. Gonna read this very fast. The Gemara says when it says Hasroya, Hayerech, Hakoyla, it's the prominent one, the distinguished one, the right side, the Choshaga one. Well, the Chain Darash Moshe Rabbeinu, Hamata, the thick, the great stick. It's saying the Lord Mashal Aaron. For sure, it's Aaron's why. Ashahaya the Kodesh Kadosh with Nashem. Kimavuila, Hashis Kayach. It's in front of Hashem. It was really Moshe's stick that would be meant. The in came, if so, Moshe wasn't allowed to go into Kodesh HaKadosh to take out Aaron's stick. He wasn't allowed to go in. The Gam Safi, I also wrote, he probably means the sugar, but I'm not sure, that he days in Yisrael As a result, the water became disqualified for going to the Mikvah. The Zerit said, Eloi Marmei and he expects really a person to understand all this, and that's why it's made riva. This they have a chetre. This is the sin. I'm mikvoyis peyet vav bozeva osi shapir. Look at mikvoyis chapter six. You'll figure it out. Thank God he wrote a tshuva, and he wrote a few more words. What he means? Either this is mikvoyis peyet hey, or it's part of peyet vav. The kachon wrote everything from memory, but he could be forgiven. Either it's Mekoyah's Pedic Hay or it's part of Pedic Vav. I don't think it's Mekoyah's Pedic Vav because one mission is Mekoyah's Hay. That's the mission of Rabbi Yossi if you stop the Zeichelin with your leg. And part of Pedic Vav is about the water that flows down the mountain. So either he means one of the two. Could be Mekoyah's Pedic Hay. Okay. The Toysus Koyah's Dachman Vav. Ein Shambazah where he struggles how the Jews had Ma'in Chai. Now he adds a shtickle that he didn't do in Shal Sashos. Ein Rambam Hilchus Malachim. Take a look at Rambam Hilchus Malachim. The Svidale. The Melech Oymed of Mekai Gadol Anshah. The Rambam has a shita that when a Melech and the Kayin Gadol meet, who gets up for whom? The Melech stands up in front of the Kayin Gadol. He brings in the source. It says about Yeshua, the Lifnei Elazar Akayin, Yamoy. Where? In Parshas Pimchis. Taishas the Rambam, what's Yamoyit? Now he stands. He stands up in front of Elazar. What is the Rakhashav saying? Moshe is the Melech. By he Bishurun, Melech Hazal said he was the king. Who was the Kayin Gadol? Aaron. Who stands up in front of who? Moshe has to stand in front of the Kayin Gadol. So when Hashem says, Kachas Hamate, it's the king of the Kayin Gadol. The Kayin Gadol. This is Moshe's Cheshman. Of course, Moshe learned Rambam, as you know. Rabbeinu Moshe, the Moshe of Moshe, like come to Moshe. Right? But if you look in Hirius and Sight over the air, the intimation is the opposite. The Melech is more important than the Kayin Gadol. The Sifri Parshish Pinchas, there, the Kayin Gadol is more important than the Melech. But besides the point, 
וגם למדה מדמוי שגם כן כהן גודל אבא, אין זבוכן דף קובייז. There's a view in Mesech Nesvachim that Moshe was a Kohen Gadol. So Moshe was a king and a Kohen Gadol. So the Kohen Gadol can't be more important than him. He's a both. But I would say that Fama Da'alu, but I would say that Fama Da'alu, but Kama Mekoyim is because of the Ein Kama Mekoyim Elaharich. This is not the place to elaborate. No kidding. So either we have two issues. Number one is sometimes the Kohen Gadol is more prominent, but sometimes the Melech is more prominent. But in this case, it's almost irrelevant according to the view that Moshe is both. So he says, "Umachmas anovish from Moshe Rabbeinu, Choshav sheshel Arinu Amochem." Here is where the humility of Moshe Rabbeinu comes into play. He assumes Kaches Hamata is not his stick; it's his brother's iron stick, and he adds a shocking conclusion. V'zeh begeder an vosnusoi shorib scharia ben Avkilas begitin daf nunvav amen alaf. It's like, whoa! What is he talking about? The Gemara says there is a story, the famous story of Ksudi of Kamsa Bakamsa, Gitin, Perikanazok, and Dafnun Vov. The Jewish informer goes to Rome and says, Mordu the Jews rebelled against you. Send the offering and you'll see they won't sacrifice it. The king sends the calf and the Jew comes and what does he do? He blemishes it. A mum that they cannot accept it if it's a Gentile. Carbon, the didu avamuma, the dukish of ayin, he makes a blemish by the ayin. Come the chachamim, the chazal, living at the end of Bayesheni, they have her a carbon from the Caesar of Rome, the emperor of Rome, and they say, you have to be at Makrev. You know why? You're not allowed it, but it's pikuach nefesh. It's pikuach nefesh of the whole nation. Comes Ribskaria ben Avkilis, who was one of the great sages of that era, this is the end of Bayesheni, around 70 common era, a few years before, and he says, you're going to make Yoimru, people are going to say, you could be Makarabamu. You could offer a blemished carbon. They say you have a point. We have one more Asa. What you do with a real Moser who wants to destroy the whole nation, you got to eliminate it. you got to eliminate it. We have to kill the Moser. Chavon says you can't kill it. People are going to say that for making a blemish in an animal, in a carbon, you have a death penalty. It's, it's wrong. It's unethical. You can't kill him. And you can't be a Makarab. He was speaking, Halacha, Shulchan Aruch, ethics. Zagri Gemara, source 18, Omar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, it's very sad and very powerful words. An vos nusoy shadab scharia ben afkilas, hechriva es beiseinu sarfa seichaleinu iglisonu meharseinu. The anova, the humility, the, the, the piety, the piety, the kutzkat, of Rebschayev and Afkilas destroyed our home, burnt our heichel, our chamber, and exiled us from our land. What is Rebbe Echel Amitzakeh saying? Rebschayev and Afkilas was trying to be a good person. He's trying to be an ethical person. The man doesn't deserve to be murdered for making a mum. Rebschayev and Afkilas was saying, you can't be makriv. Basically, the perfect choice here was a tragedy. To make this a success story, you have to choose the wrong thing. Because we live in an imperfect world, and sometimes by doing the right thing, you're doing the wrong thing. The Amnovet, he was humble, he was sensitive, he was able. But because he was able in a perfect world, and you're dealing here with a person who wants to destroy the Jewish people, the Amnovet of Skyrim and of Kilis made the Churban, comes to Rakachova and says, Moshe Rabbeinu's Amnovet Kibayachal, he attaches it to this Gemara. Says Hamakra is not I, it's not his stick, it's Aaron's stick. As a result of that, there's no mikvah. As a result of that, it is 
teaching his ideas. Comes the Sassanus and says, there wasn't a punishment. The story of the rock proved that the generation going in there to throw cannot have Moshe as its leader. Moshe's Derech, Moshe's Neshama, Moshe's Madrega, they cannot have him as a leader. They need Yahushua as a leader. And the Sassanus goes into the whole explanation that hitting versus speaking, hitting is a whole different Madrega of a relationship with the world. And Moshe demonstrated this is where he is, this is not for them, they need speaking, this is Fasemis is Mahalik, but this is a perspective. And he says, Moshe is not the Bas Bakhlaya Moshe sees things. How do you translate Bakhlaya A transparent glass. Completely transparent. There's no no diluting in any small way. Based on this, let's see a shtikal arizal. Sharab Sukim Bahalis. Listen to his words. And these are loaded things and mysterious things, but perhaps we have here almost the exact parallel of what the Rakachavis says in Nigla, in Halacha, in the world of Remes and the world of Said. Says the Helikarisa. Eretz Yisrael, he connected Eishas Chayil Yiris Hashem. Eretz Yisrael is the Jewish woman, the woman of valor. In Kabbalah, Eretz, earth, is femininity. Everything grows from the earth. Heaven sends down rain. The droplets of rain are absorbed by Mother Earth. They're nurtured by the earth. They're fertilized in the earth. And then they're produced by the earth. And that's essentially the process of birth. Kabbalah says the rain is Mayim It's the masculine seed. It's absorbed in the feminine earth. Hakal Hayim in the offer. She is the mother of creation. Aim Kol Chai. That's Eretz. Eretz Yisrael is the holy femininity. Eishas Chayil Hiras Hashem. Not just any Isha, but it's Isha Hiras Hashem. Eretz Yisrael is the wife, is the, is the, so to speak, the feminine energy of the, of the Kibayah. Who Mashakasa Bezoyah, Sefer Azoyah. This is what it says in Zoyar. Ki Eretz Knan, he siharah. Knan is the moon. The moon takes the light of the sun. And gives us a beautiful romantic glow. Yeshua, the Gemara says in Baba the face of Moshe is the sun, the face of Yeshua is the moon. He goes into Eretz Yisrael. Moshe is the sun, he doesn't go into the moon. The Nimtza, this means. The fact that he doesn't go into Israel is the greatest praise of Moshe Rabbeinu. It's not the disgrace of Moshe Rabbeinu. told Miriam and Aaron, When Miriam and Aaron says we're also prophets, He doesn't go into Israel. He asked the Miram to look if there's a tree. He didn't know if there's trees in Eretz Yisrael. If it has the tree of life from Galatin, there's the sun in Eretz Yisrael that comes to the I can go in. If there's no Eitz Hachayim there, Eitz Hadas, only the moon, which came as a result of the Kitrog in Chul and Samach, Loya Kamis, I can't go in. But Amru, they sent the Eretz Yisrael, 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 Eretz Yisrael is the moon. Lachen Yeshua shopei levan and nichnas ba. Yeshua has the face of the moon. He can go in. Avol Moshe shapan of pnei chama. Yisrael yainaloi nichnas ba. Listen to his words. Ki ein halavana meira ba oich Hashem eshkayam. 
If the sun goes into the domain of the moon, you know what happens to the moon? It's gone. Moshe can't go into Eretz Yisrael, not to embarrass Eretz Yisrael. For the moon to glow, the sun has to set. When the sun is shining, there's no moon. Moshe's Pnei Chama, he can't go into Eretz Yisrael. The Meragam come back and they say, there's no Eitz HaChayim in Eretz Yisrael. There's a fig, there's a pomegranate, there's no Eitz HaChayim. There's Eitz Adas, the moon. Moshe said, I can't go into Eretz Yisrael. Why? He's Pnei Chama. The sun will not eclipse and embarrass the moon. Eretz Yisrael is femininity. Eretz Yisrael is Eishas Chayil Yiris Hashem. Eretz Yisrael is the moon. Moshe is Pnei Chama. It's a different experience. It's a different level. What are we learning from here? The Gemara says in Shabbos that Pesayim, one of the things Moshe did was, Piresh Min Ha'isha. He himself separated from his wife. Perhaps, and I'm only saying this B'derech Efsheh, and a big B'derech Efsheh, for Moshe, not having the mikveh working, wasn't the greatest gaval in the world, because Moshe for 40 years was in a state of seclusion and separation. But Moshe was Pnei Chama. Moshe was a transcendent soul. Like in Abdi Moshe Bechol Meisinemon, Moshe saw God face to face. We don't even have a comprehension into the type of spirituality of Moshe Rabbeinu. Indeed, that's the humility of Moshe. Ish Moshe Olav Moshe Mechol Adam Hashanah Pnei Adamo. Moshe doesn't have an ego. Moshe doesn't have a self. He says, I'm going to give you rain. Who's I? Who's I? It's in Torah. Krishna. Who's I'm going to give you rain? I speak. His eye is Hashem's eye. That's my Shirabeinu. His humility is of a different nature. Perhaps that's what it means. He goes into Kodesh HaKadoshim to take the stick of Aaron. He's not supposed to go into Kodesh HaKadoshim. What happened when the Kodesh HaKadoshim on Yom Kippur? What's the opening of Masech the Yuma? Shivas Yom Kodesh HaKadoshim. Mafrishim Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Kodesh separates from his family life. Later, although that, Moshe goes into the Holy of Holies at this moment. As a result, there's no mikveh. There's no relationship between the sun and the moon, between heaven and earth, between all of the forces of nature. Moshe Rabbeinu is from a different world, as the Svasana says, Eitzachayim, Aspaklaya Meire, Madreka Hadvoya. Eitzachayim represents the woman of Klal Yisrael. Moshe Sandra created Kilayochel, a certain disharmony between the feminine and the masculine, Kabbalistically too. Moshe is above Eitzachayim, he's the face of the sun. If he comes into the world of the moon and embarrasses and eclipses the moon, Yeshua is a diluted, a compromised level. Pnei Levon is the face of the moon. Yeshua can go into Eretz Yisrael. Moshe doesn't go into Eretz Yisrael. And so it's Isha, here is Hashem. The Rukhachava says, there was a problem in taking care and nurturing the Shalom between Isha and Isha. It's affected in Eretz Yisrael. Isha, here is Hashem. At last, finally, we come to one last shtickle of Reb Tzadik HaKoyen of Lublin. It is Sefer Resisei Loyola. And this should be your last source, for Sise Lila, page 178. Let me read it inside. As usually by him, it's complicated, it's multi-layered, it's multifaceted, and it's nuanced. It's sensitive, sensitive ideas. But everything we discussed will suddenly emerge here in the world of Mister. 
in the world of Kabbalah, and in the world of Hasidus, the way it was conceived by the Tzadik Hakoyen of Lublin. The Chol Misa, Rak, Mitzat, Chisorin, Hakadusha, Hakamura. All death is a result of the lack of complete holiness, basically he means before the Eight Sadas there was no death. Why should anybody die? Hashem doesn't die, you're part of Hashem, you don't die. When there's separation, that's and in Taka, the part of you that's a part of Hashem never dies. When there's separation, there can be decay and there can be death. But it's loy By Moshe there was no Kedusha missing. Al that's why nobody knows where he's buried. And he dies placed on the mouth of Hashem by a kiss, meaning it's not the regular process of death. And the Gemara says, In other words, the regular process of death, the way we understand it, doesn't apply to much. He's kissed by God. This is the ultimate holiness, not the lack of it. What happened was, he caused, apparently, on an external level, the way we see it, he caused a void in the Kedusha of the Jewish people, but not for real. The expression, it looks like the Jewish people became less holy, even though they really did not. He says, As a result of what happened, the feeling of Kedusha wasn't so strong. And this void is connected to him because the leader is the generation. We spoke, what was it, last week? Moshe is Yisrael. Moshe is the Jewish people. You didn't believe to sanctify me by Yikadosh Bam and he was sanctified with them. What's going on here? Hashem Hashem is your shadow. What does it mean Hashem is your shadow? Your shadow follows you. You lift up your hand and your shadow moves. You lift up your foot and it affects your shadow. David HaMalach says in Shiramalus Esa'ena, Hashem Tzilcha, Hashem is your shadow, meaning Hashem's energy, Kevayochel, reacts to us. Kamayim Aponim Leponim, we generate Hashem's energy. Our thoughts, our actions, our words. We create the energy above. That's why it says in Zoyar, a person is happy, they create happiness around them. A person is depressed and fakrech and melancholy, they create a depressing energy around them. It's not just delusional thoughts. Our thoughts, our attitudes have very real power in the world. That's called Hashem Tzilch Hashem is Hashem. This is the Baal Shem Tzilch. When a person finds Kedusha in himself or herself, Hashem Tzilcha, this Kivayachal creates Kedusha in Hashem, meaning he becomes sanctified among the Jewish people. Now, here we go. It's known that water always represents cravings. Mayim in Kabbalah is Mayim Duchrin, and Mayim Nukvin is masculine water, feminine water. Mayim Duchrin is the seed of the man. Mayim Nukvin is the flow of the woman. It represents the energy and the craving of intimacy, generally when people are around water, it creates a certain pleasure. They produce tainuk. Water is associated with tainuk. The flow, the flow of intimacy. Moshe Rabbeinu, all of our shalom, 
Moshe was completely distant from all the creatures of this world to the point that he didn't even conceive them. That's why he tells Hashem, May I only Where am I going to get ripstake? The Zen Shaykhus Lulam Adri Gosser, Nakla Hamtur Lechem and Hashemai. Moshe says, The Dilsa Arashma for the Gavin Arashma. You want a Shikal Mon, I'll give you a Mon. You want a Rambam, I'll give you a Rambam. You want a Lakus, I, I can give you bread from heaven. You want a barbecue Sunday afternoon and Monday to see how you go to Sunday. May I only Bosser? Where do I have this? It wasn't a Shagla of a Mon that Moshe was like, This is not me, it's not Moshe. Moshe, you have to know who you are. May I only Bosser? Hashem says, you're right, we have to get 70 people, and through those people will be Bosa. It'll come from you through them. Moshe can give bread from heaven. He can't give... It's good for vegetarians. Moshe cannot feed you meat. He leads them in a desert that's dried up from all physical, normal pleasures. It's a desert, there's nothing there. Where does he get water from? He gets water already. He gets it from a rock that's completely dry, has no water. That's where he gets water from. Completely not from the natural resources of El Haza, because Moshe is a different soul. Hashem is Baruch Amar, comes Hashem and says, speak to the rock, let it give his water, its water. He also has water. Hashem is the one who created Taiva. The Koyacha Taiva is not evil in Judaism. Our cravings, our desires, our yearnings for relationships or whatever it is. These are creative powers of God, the stamp of humanity of every human creature. It's not evil, it's not bad, it's not destructive. Rak? Yeah, the problem is, when I start craving everything that you have, then it becomes confusing, becomes addictive, it becomes overwhelming, it becomes destructive. The Koyachataiva itself is not bad, you have to harness it. There's no creature in the world that doesn't have a taiva to that which belongs to it. If not, you're not a barrier. A barrier means you crave, you yearn, you aspire. You have to find what, who you are and what you need. That's what, if I start aspiring to your house and you aspire to mine, then there's a double But the Koyach means you have to know who you are, what belongs to you, and go for it. This is your dream. This is your shlichus. This is your mission. But get rid of Taiva, repressing people, crushing people, turning them into robots, factories. Zoy Full creativity. Find who you are. Find your kayak. Find your shlichus. Find your kayak. Not somebody else's kayak. You think you're completely beyond kayak. Go to this rock. Let him give his water. Moshe's water. Your own water. You have to find your water. Don't start craving things that you think are yours, but they don't really belong to you because you don't know who you really are. And that takes a big avoid, and that discovery sometimes takes a few gilgulim, a few incarnations. And when you speak to the rock in the name of God, it will give out its water. What's the water? The water is the kayach of intimacy, the kayach of taiva. It will give out its water. Everybody will channel their creativity, their passions, their emotions, and their feelings the way in order to fulfill their mission in life, in every area in life, of course, including in Kaya Chakayim. 
The Nasa main mala. It's all water, but you, for this you have to speak to the rock. The Zahu Kedushas, Archaim is the Bnei Yisrael. The Rebbeinu Shalom was addressing at this moment the sanctification of the Taivas, of the cravings and the passions of every Jew. Even though every one of them has Taivas. And when you look at those Taivas, sometimes you go fat. Beautiful words. The emissatayra of a yid is Dveka's intimacy with Hashem. However, he may not be aware of what Hashem is, and he may not be aware of the depth of his own taiva. So he attaches his taiva to different outlets, which is really what all addiction is. When I'm searching for alcohol or food or gambling or websites, that alcohol is really what I'm looking for. I think I'm looking for it. I feel I'm looking for it. I really have a very deep void. And I, I never met that void. I never filled my own time. So I look for things that can compensate and make me feel short-term good. The problem is it's short-term because it's not real. Because you're not filling your time. You're not identifying what you need in life. And the ultimate sahakal of all your time is you're looking for God. You're looking for Tvekas. You want a real relationship with the truth, with yourself, with reality. That's what it's all this is. That's the real taiva. It comes across in thousands of taivas. It can be from cheesecake to some things that are uglier. But the Nikud is, Hashem, the Chalta Mosul Hashem Shemai, comes Moshe. Moshe, I mean, all of Hashem, he can sell the He takes the rock. He goes, Rach. What is he saying? Roy Mizli Surin. Moshe says, the way you deal with Taivet is you have to strike the rock, not speak to the rock. You have to strike the rock, you have to hit the gulf, you have to crush the body that it shouldn't support you as Taivet. Because Moshe knows what the real Taivet is. But he says, I want to take you away even from what your Taivet looks like. I want the Jews to be Kedusha within, without. And therefore, let's make a different gulf. Let's make a different body. Let's make an elevated person. Let's strike it. Don't be physical. Don't have your taiva. I want full expression of Kedusha within and without. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu does. And when you delegitimize the Kedusha of the Jewish people, not believing in their Kedusha is a compromise in my Kedusha. And not understanding that this is their Kedusha is a compromise in my Kedusha. In their death, he was sanctified. This revealed that Moshe Kevayachel can't lead the next generation. Why? Because Moshe is saying, no water in this way. The only water that I want to come out is once you strike down the body and it's beyond Gashmias. But the truth is that the avoid of the ordinary Jew is to discover, channel, and harness his body, his or her physical self, as a vehicle for the true Kedusha, which is Kedusha Sashem. 
The Machamosay Nenshu, the Nois of his Kaladusha is borrowed. For their Kedusha, they were punished. And the true Kedusha of Hashem was revealed through showing the Kedusha of the Jewish people. Kizel, Kishosay, Yisbodach, Kashi Yisol, Kedushosam, Shagam, Kolda, Vaisayim, Lashem, Shamayim. The great Kedusha of the Reminder Shalaylam is that all other types, meaning the types that they work with and they challenge it, when you say you have to be careful, I'm saying this is sensitive. All the time it's on Hashem Shemayim, it doesn't mean every single fahakta, fahakta, corrupt, destructive, crazy addiction that people have that destroys their lives, destroys their family lives, is kadosh kadosh. You have to be very sensitive. What he's saying is, deep down the source of it is you're looking for ruchnis, you're looking for lakus. And the eights in life is not to destroy kayachatayna. The eights in life is to align the outer with the inner, and to work on the outer that it should reflect the inner. Moshe Rabbeinu is from a different world. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't need a mikveh. Moshe Rabbeinu creates Nehmi Riva. Moshe's Pnei Chav is beyond Pnei Levomer. Moshe is the highest Kedusha, and he wants the Jewish people to reach the highest Kedusha. But ultimately, Moshe is Pirish Menehisha. And if Moshe shows up in the presence of the moon, it's very embarrassing. Not because Moshe is low, it's because Moshe is very, very high. In the story of history, Moshe remains the eternal teacher lamplighter of the Jewish people forever, who will take them into Pnei Levana? Who will take them into the world of the body, to the world of nature? Who will take them in to the world of Isha, Yiris, Hashem, where you need a mikveh, where you need a meiriv, where you have the water that flows, not through striking the body, but through speaking to the body. The cell is like the body, the hard body. Don't crush it. Speak to it. Cultivate it. And align the physical with the spiritual, this will be the mission of Moshe's student and successor, the face of the moon, Yeshua. Have a wonderful day. Beautiful. Beautiful. Rashi says, by Aaron it says, by Yifku, called Beis Yisrael. By Moshe it says, by Yifku, Bnei Yisrael. So what does Rashi say? That by Aaron everybody cried, the men and the women. By Moshe, it wasn't that way. Because Aaron's holy name was Shalom Bayes. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Who's that Moshe? Yeah. Who's that Moshe? I don't think his idea is that anything was intentional. That's why I wrote this Fasemus. It's not that Moshe was intentional and Hashem was busy punishing him. It's that based on who Moshe is, it's on his answer. He doesn't call it. It's just you want to care for everyone. And I'm like, this is like I separate from my wife, and that's why I'm doing right. But a leader could give what he is. Moshe could bring the Jewish people to who he is. I cannot be one not. Right? Moshe is a certain night, that's what that Rizal says, he's the face of the sun. He comes in at night in the face of the moon, and there's no night left. So it's not that Moshe intentionally didn't want to make it. It's not the king of Moshe and his humility. This is how it played itself out. Ultimately, of course, the idea was that this was a revelation that Moshe doesn't belong in Israel. There's all these stories are not so much stories where somebody acts in a way, and because of that, they're punished. The stories just bring out the truth of how history runs and how existence develops. The stories brings out who Moshe is, who the Jewish people are, who Yahushua is, what Eretz Yisrael is, etc. Because obviously this was a mistake. He didn't take his stick of Aaron intentionally. He took it, he took it not to, not to, not to make a mistake. He thought it was Aaron, and he says it was his humility. 
So you publishing him because he's a humble man. If he would be arrogant, he would go and take so. Because he's humble. If you think it's him, he would go. Because he thought it wasn't him, it's Aaron. So that's what you punish him. You should reward him for that. So that's what we're trying to explain. That that love of Moshe is his greatness, and that's why he doesn't go and take so. And also, you say that, that when we say that since he took Aaron's stick, not really his, so let's say he looks at his and still hit the rock, so what the hitting the rock now? Now, according to him, it's not hitting the rock. It's the fact that he hit the rock with the wrong stick. So everyone else would say that he did take the right stick, he just hit yeah. That's what that's about. Right, that's Rashi's interpretation. Ramban also has a different one. Ram, many of us have to, Rashi's interpretation, which is the most famous, is that he struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock, which is also what the say by the press. But that's not, many others give different interpretations. Because they say a simple question. They ask a question. Why did Hashem tell him to take a stick? If he didn't want him to strike the rock, why do we say kacha samhat? Right? So that's why many say, of course he had to strike the rock. That's why he told him to take a stick. Rashi's interpretation is not so clear. It's a big question. You tell me to take a stick. I, sh- I use the stick because you told me to take it, and then you punish me. Any interpretation is very, very strange. The Kleyoker says, Kleyoker says, Hashem told him to take Amata, to take Aaron's stick. The big iron stick, and then to show them the stick, the debarred him on you should speak to the rock and say, Look at the stick. This stick used to be a dry, dead piece of stick. The Nosamemo, the stick gave water. The stick produced water, clay cable, produced water, and things grew. So you can also do the same. Instead, he used the stick. He says, Sela, the Gematria 8. Sela, Samachlam and Ayan, is what? Gematria 8. It's uh, 160, right? 160. Sela's eights. So he says he took the mata of Aaron, and instead of speaking to the rock about the stick, he hit the rock. The Rebbe Chavis says, this is based on the Chizkuni, the Rebbe Chavis says, no, he took the stick of Aaron, he was supposed to hit, but he took the wrong stick. To take my shit, so I don't stick, because that's stone, not wood. Another good
This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.